Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally, Aaron Novello. Yes, hello, Novello Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Aaron Novello Podcast. I have amazing human being that uh, I've had the good fortune of knowing for many years, Mr. Eric Weingartner. And uh, he's a, a world-class, not only athlete, he's a world-class agent. And he's also really gotten into this investment game uh, on a big level. So I wanted to bring him to the platform because I really think you know, we can all learn from his, uh, his knowledge, man. So thank you kindly for taking the time to be with us today, brother. I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate that warm introduction. I'm just going to let everybody down now with that big tall order. You just put it <laughs> I don't think that's possible, brother. That's not possible for you to let people down. So I guess what I initially wanted to begin our conversation around is how I said, like, you know, you were a world-class athlete. So prior to selling real estate, tell people kind of what your life centered around prior to getting into the real estate game. Yeah, so I played uh, I played baseball for six years for Philadelphia for the Phillies, and um, yeah, it was a good run. I mean, you uh, realize I think more so after the fact what what an amazing time you had. I mean, just unreal people, unreal experiences. Um, you're living in a world that has no rules. I mean, <laughs> crazy. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so but you get to, you get to impact a lot of people's lives by you know the performances that you get to that you get to put on for people every day, make people smile, laugh, um, cry, whatever it may be, depending on how things go that day. But it was a lot of fun. That's awesome, brother, and I know you did impact uh, lives in that way. Now, what I find very interesting about that, being that you had that professional athlete background, is prior to getting into this game, like you understood like practice, you understood like discipline, yeah. right? So, mm -hmm. so if you could, like, how was that actually really helpful for you in terms of transitioning into residential resale brokerage? That's a great, great question because um, when I got uh, done playing baseball, I'd been buying investment properties in the off seasons, uh, duplexes, single family, stuff like that. Um, so I got out of baseball. I hurt my knee, got out of baseball. Didn't really know what to do because I went to school to play baseball, right? I had one singular focus. Um, and um, when I was done playing baseball, I went and started managing my properties. Found out real, real quickly how bad I was at that and uh, decided to get into uh, residential sales because I started looking at um, you know, I like to talk to people. I like to be around people. And uh, so that was the next logical step for me. So got into uh, real estate. And then literally two months uh, after getting my license, um, was fortunate enough to run into a broker who got me involved with coaching. And um, that was a complete game changer for me because growing up in the sports, um, in the sports arena for my entire life, I knew one thing is that I needed to be told what to do and how to do it. So, yeah. And that's been, huge, right? Because I feel like 
I find it very interesting that even as a professional athlete, it could have been very easy for you because I'm imagining, you know, kind of coming up that you were, you know, you were always like the man, right? You probably the man in high school and like you're really good at, you know, at the collegiate level and then uh, made it to the pros. So it's very easy for you to get like an ego and kind of say like, come on, man, like I got this sort of thing, right? Oh, for sure. Still, we still have battles today, me and my ego. <laughs> yeah, but that willingness to kind of say like, okay, yeah, like I understand I need somebody to point uh, out to me what this game actually is and what I need to be focusing on and what kind of skills I need to be developing uh, is huge as far as, you know, being successful at the game. So then then you got that instruction, right? Yep. You got clear, accurate assessment of reality as to what this game was and what, it, what you needed to do to be successful. So talk to me about kind of that trajectory for you. Like once you got that assessment, like how did things grow from there? Um, so I think the for my first uh, full year in real estate, I think I did 21 transactions, something along those lines. Um, you know, just trying to figure it out um, and understand what it was really about and um, doing things at a, uh, a high production level. And um, so 21 transactions, I think three years later, that was 2006, 2007. Uh, I think it was 50, 75. And then after my fourth year, I think I hit 100 transactions uh, moving forward. So, yeah, that's awesome. I remember, I remember you like, like in your brain, you were like a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, just being like obsessed with that hundred. Yeah. And then, and then I'm, I'm aware instantaneously it jumped in your, cause that's the other thing that I think about you, brother. When I think about Eric, I think about like just monster, like big thing. <laughs> and I was aware at the time, like we were both around that hundred transaction yeah. mark. And immediately, as soon as you hit it, you were like, what's up with 200? Right, right. Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, is that when you um, when you achieve the goals that you set, you know, nothing becomes enough. So I think it's, you know, it's really important, you know, as um, you know, I, I learned this playing baseball is that you don't you don't place your self-worth inside of your goals. Right. So my goal is always to be a professional athlete. I achieved that. And when I achieved that, I was like, geez, this isn't all you know, where's all the balloons and streamers, you know, that are supposed <laughs> to be every time I wake up, you know, flying. Right. So, you know, I think it's important that we understand that a goal is just a goal and there doesn't need to be an attachment to it. It's just something that we have the gift and ability to wake up every day and shoot for. Um, because, uh, you know, we have the God given ability to go out there and walk the walk. So, um, when you, when you look at that number, right, it's just a number. You know, like I hit a hundred, I was like, okay, cool. Let's go do it again. You know? So, um, you know, and those things adjust, right? So now I'm into uh, a lot of investing and a lot of different things. So, you know, now my goal is, okay, tailor my, my personal production down to 75, but keep my income the same. So how do I do that? You know, and then add in doing, um, doing the investing piece, um, to that, because when you, when you give something in one arena, you're going to take from another. I appreciate that, man. That's wisdom right there. I remember uh, watching um, uh, Time versus Tom. Mm -hmm. It's like maybe two Super Bowls ago with regards to Tom Brady. And he said something in this video, yeah. which really struck me. He said, you know, you can have anything you want in life, but you can't have everything. That's right. <laughs> and, and he said, we, we have a limited amount of time. Yep. 
So the other thing he said, which I thought was very interesting, is that when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. Correct. You are right. definitely saying no. Yep. Whatever it may be, you're going to give, you know, and whether that's, um, you know, our coach uh, says, you know, what are you willing to give up? You know, and that's an interesting question. You know, I didn't really grasp that question for a number of years because he said it for a long time you know and he said well what are you willing to give up well i'm willing to give up my sleep i'm willing to do this 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 whatever it may be right but you don't really grasp the magnitude of that until you're down the line yeah you just don't grasp the magnitude of it until you're down the line you know yeah so or until you're confronted with like oh i'm aware that uh I was giving up all this stuff, but I'm not willing to give up that. Right. (laughs) For sure. Right. And that's an interesting kind of experience. And then then the other thing I'm I'm aware of, which which I wrote down here as you were speaking, like for you, it sounds like, which it's true for me too, is it's really about like evolving. It's like who you become in the pursuit of that goal and objective, that the goal and objective is just, it's just like a carrot, and and getting the carrot, A, like I never get it because I, I imagine like this carrot like in front of me, just dangling in front of me all the time and I'm always yeah. running after it. But B, um, who I become will either make me very happy or very sad. Mm. So it's like, who am I in the process of becoming in pursuit of the thing that I want? Like, that's the thing I got to be conscious of. Right. Right. And that's, those are strong words. Wow. Um, you know, <laughs> because. You know, I think the the interesting part for me has been, you know, understanding how that process works, right? Because the less I've become attached to my goals and to the outcomes that I want to achieve, the easier they come to me. Mm. Right? So the less that I, how do I put this without confusing everybody beyond belief, um, the less that I that I desire and need those things, the easier they flow. Because when I, when I get my ego out of the way saying Eric did it, because look, I'm just not that good. When I get my ego out of the way, right. And I push myself aside and just let it happen. Things come to me. Yeah. That's awesome. And what it makes me think about is uh, something I've heard Jim Rohn say multiple times is success is something that you attract by the person that you become. Totally. Which is totally true. And then the other thing I I wrote down, which I heard you say, which I think is key there, right? Because I think a lot of people get confused with regards to this idea of being unattached. Mm -hmm. Because it's clear to me, because I mean, again, I've known you for a while, brother, like you are, I don't want people to get mistaken. Like you want those goals and objectives. Like, Oh, sure. Like, yeah. So, but, but the thing is, is, and that, that key there, that little shift is that I want it, but I don't need it. Yeah. It's not me. Right. Where like the needing part, like if I think I need something in order to be happy or centered or at peace or feel love or whatever, I'm going to go after it like this bleary eyed maniac versus recognizing like, no man, like I have what I need. I have air, water, food, and shelter. I have some love in my life. Those are great. And yes. this is just something I want. And it's Correct. exciting to me because I like to create. I like to build. I'm a hunter. I like to put. Yeah, baby. Together, right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the interesting part is when you become that person that needs those things, people feel that and it becomes dirty to them. They don't they don't uh, they don't 
they will gravitate away from you because they'll feel that um, that nasty desire inside to just achieve and get the applause of doing those things by applause from other people of yay Aaron good job man way to close a hundred deals good job you know and when you desire that return right it becomes ugly to everybody else around you I agree yeah it becomes uh what because people I feel like can feel the attachment yeah I think the other thing that's true is for the individual who needs that applause, what ends up happening is, is the problem becomes is when you recognize that the applause is just for an act, <laughs> not like acts with me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's right. just like, act yeah. with like the costume and the suit and like, yeah. you know, the car and like this and that. But then it's like, well, what about like Eric, like the real Eric? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Who is this guy? So, you know, it, it is interesting, right? Because you bring up, you know, who you become along the journey along the way, right? You know, that's the real, the real deal, right? Because there's always another goal. There's always another thing. There's always another car. There's always whatever it may be. It doesn't matter, you know? Um, so you go after those, those goals, those objectives, and, uh, those things that you have in front of you, because you're given the God given ability to do so, to go out and run and play the game. And that's it. And then you get up again, you do it again, you know, and you go meet amazing people and you impact lives along the way. And it's just like, let's play. Let's play, man. That's exactly right. Let's get me on the field. And it's so cool because I feel like as you're saying that, uh, what comes up for me, it's like, it's my duty and obligation to play Yeah, because right. I've been given the capacity to play. So like, it's right. my, my duty and obligation to myself and my family to play and right. play full out. High, high levels at all times. Yeah. Right. Like you want to lay down at nighttime and go, holy cow, what a day I am yeah. white, you know, yeah. every day. Man, you know, like there's nothing to there's nothing to hold back. Let's go play. Let's you go. Know? So, and I, I love, love how you're describing it as play because I feel like it, that's really. I mean, it's just what it is, man. We're just playing. Nice game, you know. Is it? <laughs> there's no ending to it. Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> right. So, so I'm curious, man, because again, like I really want people to get from you what I've gotten from you. And a lot of what I've gotten from you, again, is just this really big thing. I remember sitting in a room with you one time and I was explaining to you this particular source of business. I was working on this niche and you were like, brother, like, why aren't you doing that in like multiple different areas? And that just exploded my brain. I was like, what? I hadn't even thought about that. And I, in that moment, wrote out this business plan and I'm like, oh man, I can do this and I can do that. Right. And uh, this is awesome. We get delivery, baby. (laughs) That's how we do it. Say hi. Say hi to the world. Hello. Hi. Nice this to see real, you. How are this you? Is a, this is a real gas behind the behind the engine right here. That's the brains behind the operation. That's exactly That's right. right. Thank you. So, um, um, yeah, like so. This, it's funny you bring monster. that back because that was actually the the you picked me up that day from where were we staying in Miami? We're at a like the diplomat that? or something. Something, some sweet hotel, right? And you picked me up out front in your sweet car, and I was like, "Man, I want this car like this," you know. And this was the first time we actually really sat down and met, you know. And you're explaining this business, and I was like, "Man, I love that," you know, great idea. And then you're like, "This little area," and I was like, "What? Why are you only doing that there?" You know, let's go, you know. And you're like, 
Oh, man, I remember this conversation specifically at that Mexican restaurant we're sitting at. That's exactly right. And that's where I was like, whoa, I pulled out a notepad. And I'm like, oh, man, I wrote this little business plan. And that had a really big impact because now that particular niche of business is like 40 to 50 percent of what we do. So I guess I'm wondering for you, like, does that like have you always kind of had that where you just like were thinking like at scale or like really big? Or is that something that you learned over time? Uh, I think. Um, you know, I was put into, um, positions as growing up. Um, I remember I did my first Tony Robbins event when I was 13 years old with my family. Did you really? Um, yeah. I walked on fire when I was 14. Um, you know, so I've kind of always been in these, um, positions to expand my mindset. Um, and I've embraced those for the most part, I would say. Uh, you know, there's always the kickback and the fight and whatnot, but, um, you know, I think I've always been blessed and into being in those positions where I've been able to, to see bigger things, you know, and be around bigger things and be around people that think massively. Um, so, um, I, again, it kind of just goes back to the, to the, to the mantra of let's go play the game, you know, and let's see who's out there. You know, if, I mean, if you looked at my, my board, I've got, you know, a private plane with a couple walking off with the, you know, off the tarmac and I've got, you know, apartment buildings set up and I've got all these different things, you know, that, that I envisioned, but I've actually been to and done because I've sought them out so that I can have that experience and understand what it really is inside my head. Love that. I love it, bro. And you've really begun to do that in your real estate business where, the onesies, twosies, which you definitely do now, you still do that and are very good at it. Yeah. Uh, that's the lifeblood, right? It's the engine that drives the whole machine. You haven't gotten away from that. However, you can't keep uh, Eric thinking like, you know, just tiny, bro. He went huge and he started to put together these monster like multifamily apartment deals. So can you kind of talk about first where that seed was planted or that kernel kind of was planted and then that you know, how you incorporate that into your onesie, twosie residential resale business. Sure. Well, I think, um, you know, it's important to start off and we talked about this a little bit earlier today is that, um, you know, the onesie, twosie business is, you know, makes you a million bucks a year. You know, one of my coaches, this is funny, right? He said, he told me one, my baseball coaches back in the day, this is one of my favorite coaches. And I think about all the things that he told me over time. And I think about how wise they are, right? He goes, Weiner. You know, a lot of little bottles equals a big bottle. And at the end of the day, you still got a headache. You know, like all these. <laughs> like, like, he said that you're like, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I got you. Right. So, you know, when you look at this business that we're in, I think so many people try and run, and myself included, I'm guilty. So many people try and run out, but the reality is, is that it's the, it's the blood of your life, right? So you can't function without it. Um, the way that I've approached my real estate business is that the residential sales will always feed me, right? And everything that I do in the investing game will build wealth, right? So I don't take any money from the rentals or any of the stuff that I have, I don't do anything with it. It all goes back into the, into the building, building that business. That's awesome. So, and I think 
we were talking as well, like this idea of like, you know, everybody has like their own superpower. I think everybody's equipped with uh, some sort of genius, right? And this idea of recognizing that, okay, this is, this is the main flow. And my whole goal and objective is not to get away from the main flow. It's to keep it the main flow, to have it be efficient and effective, earn me a whole bunch of money. And then I can use that to build kind of generational wealth for myself and my family. Absolutely. And the cool part about, you know, selling, selling real estate is the cool part is that you can never be too good at it. Like you can never be too good at it. Right. So there's just different phases. Right. So, you know, I wanted to sell 250. Okay. Right. You know, personally, right. I wanted to sell personally 250. It doesn't include teams, stuff like that. Well, now my goal is, okay. I recognize the fact that I can't achieve that goal by myself. Right. So now what can I achieve and keep my income to the point where I can still do what I want to do lifestyle wise. Right. Um, and how can I take that number, that 250 and make it 75? Right. How can I do it faster? How can I make more money doing it? What do I need to do? So these things, you can never be good enough at this game. Right. Which is the best part. You can just make adjustments in it and see how you can move around inside of it. Now, and that's an awesome point. And I'm wondering, like, as you were saying that, what came up for me, I'm curious if this is true for you, uh, because I know for me anyway, a lot of my, I don't know, initially uh, identity was wrapped up in being the guy who does all these deals. Yeah. So was that a challenge for you going from like just kind of mindset wise or ego wise? Like, okay, I went from doing like, you know, 200 to doing 75. Like, was there an evolution there that had to happen for you to be like, I'm cool with that? Like, that's fine because I have these other goals and objectives. Um, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about it. Yes. There's, there's. Yes. So without question, I mean, you know, as well as I do how powerful the ego is and you know, that volume is, um, definitely something that feeds you. Right. And we have to understand when we're living in fantasy land and when we're living in reality and what the best thing for us overall and our families is. And you know, that notoriety is not always the best thing for you. So at the end of the day, um, you know, we took my coach and I took and pared this down to adjust to get to this, that wouldn't affect my, um, what you'd say lifestyle. Now I don't, you know, I have a nice car and I have, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But I don't live, um, like somebody who makes a million bucks. Um, I, I always wanted to, but then I understood that if I want to really be wealthy and not just rich, and there's a big difference there. If I wanted to be wealthy, then I had to pay the price. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I think people can really get a lot of value from that. And I'm also aware too, at least I'm imagining is that based on what I know from you, you actually did live that way for a little bit and recognize like, oh, this is not what I thought it was, or this is not, uh, it doesn't provide me actually the opportunity to actually build wealth. Thanks for remembering that. I really appreciate it. We had some serious discussions, didn't we? We did. (laughs) Oh, man. I forgot about that, bro. Serious, hard to heart discussions, bro. So, yeah. 
And so but that's, that's that valuable, line, like sure. this is a really valuable lesson. And what came up for me as you're sharing yeah. this, and I think a lot of people, I really want them to hear this, is that like the juice, right, that you get from like this, yeah, from strangers, yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not, uh, a, it's not that fulfilling, and b, it's not like the juice that you get from I don't know other sources, whether it be your faith or whether it be your significant other or whether it be from your children you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely I mean, the, the the real problem with it is is that it's a black hole you can never get enough of this it's a black hole you can never fulfill it and you can't fulfill it with six thousand square foot homes on the lake with hundred and fifty thousand dollar cars all of which i had all of you can you can never fill it it's a very temporary means of uh feeling good right um the reality is is that um our job is to love it's not to be loved hey i don't remember the last time i read in the bible right and whatever you believe is your deal right but i don't remember the last time i read in the bible today i want you to wake up and feel loved today you go out there and you just get as many people (laughs) as you can to say i love you right it's just not the way the world works no yeah and it's interesting going out there yeah, it's awesome, brother. It's perfect. And this this journey, like this arc, you know, like, you know, sometimes people, they look at this game and they're like, oh, you know, like this is going to provide me with these external means to make me like, you know, happy yeah. when when it's really a journey about what I'm gathering from you. This is a journey about like excellence. It's a journey about like discovering what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. It's a journey about like big think and like what stepping into that big think where you become that person who can do those sorts of things on a regular basis, yep. making yourself valuable enough to other humans mm-hmm. that, um, you know, they're willing to compensate you and compensate you very well uh, for your yep. time, the effort and resources. So that's a beautiful thing. Now, can you talk to the audience like about some of these multifamily apartment deals that you're doing and how they came about? Because to the best of my knowledge, based on our conversations, it actually came out of prospecting. Is that right? Uh, actually, all of my deals come out of prospecting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every single one of them. Um, it's interesting when you become aware of um, the things around you, right? Um, not for the purpose of self, but for the purpose of contribution. Um, how things just appear on your plate when you're present in that moment. So, um Every single deal that I've done has come from prospecting somebody who's either in my center of influence, an expired listing, um, a for sale by owner. Um, This one that we just did, Aaron, was a for sale by owner that I chased for six years. Oh, my God. (laughs) Six years. So do you want me to just tell you, break this? Yeah, break that one down. Okay. So um, the first house that I ever bought... um, there, I was, it was next to my, in my neighborhood. So I was driving around and there was a for sale by owner sign in the trees, you know, kind of tucked away. It'd been there faded, right. You know, been there for a long time, you know, stuff like that. So I called this guy and talked to him and went over there and, you know, was trying to just list and sell this place. He had, um, not lived there at that point in 20 years. Um, it looked like somebody lived there full-time i mean he took care of it unbelievably so um the uh the um he lived probably an hour away on a farm 
So he basically what he did, I just stayed in touch with him for six years until I was able to say to him, look, uh, we're not going to list it. I'm just going to buy it. And I said, how much do you want? And he said, I want this. I said, done. And I wrote it up, signed it. So at that point it was zoned to, um, I could put approximately 35, 40 units on the, uh, lot. I was like, cool, let's go buy, build a 35, 40 unit building. This is about two years ago. Um, and uh, so I went into the city to talk to them about um, what we could do on the on the lot. And I started talking about the area and the homes around it. So I said, what if I bought these three? Could I put, you know, another, these are three above it. What if I bought these three? Could I put, you know, 105 units on it? He's like, yeah, we'll give it a try. And I was like, well, what, if you're willing to do those, what if I, did these three, because if I did those, I'd just leave this island over here and we got rid of this road and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, let me give transportation a call. So we called them and said, yeah, we'd be open to that. So that was the start of that building was a for sale by owner that I purchased, then bought seven more houses, got rid of a street and uh, ended up with approximately 200 units. That's fantastic, man. Now, and I'm curious, those other homes that you purchased, I'm imagining that was, if I remember correctly, I remember you telling me that was just like knocking on people's doors, right? It's just prospecting. I literally yeah. went door to door, asked, told them who I was, what I was doing, would be interested in buying your home. Have you thought about options? Or sorry, would you be open to sitting down and just talking about options? And uh, every one of them said yes. And that took in between a year and two years to get everybody down. Down. Now, and I'm wondering because the other thing I know about you, and we were talking about this before, is that, um, I mean, you had to be like patient. <laughs> and I'm aware for guys like me and you, you know, who are like these like uh, lions who like just want to now, 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 let's get it done, let's get it done. Like, what was that like? Like having this like long kind of drawn out thing? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I think this is the other part that's important for me about keeping my residential business going is that it's a, it's a let's go, you know, appointment, list it, set it, sell it, bye-bye, next, right? It's a definite uh, different game than this. So, you know, when we look at what we do with these um, larger projects, frames anywhere from three to four years um, before you actually see return on those, on those, uh, on those buildings. So. Which is a long cycle, right? So then it's a matter oh, of like yeah. pipeline, you were telling me, having like multiple kind of projects going on. So they, they end up popping in succession as time progresses. Yeah, the cool part about these two is that, you know, once you get to a certain point, these buildings are literally businesses. So, you know, they have um, all these all these people that run that part of the business. So once I get into the ground, I really don't have a whole of a lot to do. I yeah. have literally nothing. So, you know, I was telling you before, you know, is that I've been to that site probably twice, you know, like there's nothing really for me to do. You know, I don't you know, put a lawn chair out and watch them put block up, you know, like there's nothing for me to do. So I'm going to get the next one. So basically what we do now is we're just building a pipeline of these you know, 100, 200, 300, 400, whatever the number is, it doesn't matter. Um, unit buildings that, you know, after three, three, four, five years, 
now we're all producing and we decide, you know, what our exit's going to be, whether we hold or whether we, um, you know, sell. That's awesome. And um, I'm curious. So like, are, is the intention like the end strategy that once they're up to capacity, are you going to like syndicate them out or like, and then just keep replicating it? You're just going to kind of hold on to the portfolio or what were you guys thinking of doing? Uh, every building is different that we're working on right now. Um, the one that I was speaking on, um, our first option on that one, because it's, um, it's a great location, um, is if we can get a certain cap, um, from hedge funds, we'll, we'll part ways with it because we'll make a significant gain on it and then we'll roll it into either an existing building or the next project. So. Yeah, and that's interesting because I feel like at that scale, you you know you have a buyer, which are institutional investors, right? Like hedge yeah. funds and stuff. Like they're always insurance companies, like are always you know looking for that sort of thing, cash flow. Yep, it's just different because there's no emotion involved. It's just numbers. So it's either yes or no. Price works. Price doesn't work. No big deal. So at the end of the day, it's just a little bit different uh, of a mindset in terms of what you're looking to do and how you're looking to do it. Um, and if you're, you know, looking how you can both most, um, how you can take what you have and leverage it. And that's the same thing with a duplex, a fourplex, a fiveplex, 10, 20, 50, a hundred, whatever the unit count is, it's the same exact thing. Do you benefit the most by holding on to this for the next 15 years and paying it off? Or do you benefit the most by selling it now and taking a big rip on the gain and putting it in a two of them? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so realistically, it's just all about what you want on the end, on the back side of it. The numbers are irrelevant. Yeah. And I, I, if I remember correctly too, you also had like kind of like a mentor or somebody, cause I know you, you know, you recognize the value in that who was already playing this game at scale who helped kind of, cause I remember you started with duplexes, triplexes, like that sort of thing. Oh, right? yeah. Yep. For sure. Yeah. So, um, I was fortunate enough to run into a guy who owned approximately 2000 units and then a couple hospital buildings, um, who ended up, uh, kind of walking me down the path on this stuff and, um, you know, helping me introducing me to people, um, that, um, later became people that I used anywhere from architects to, um, banks to whatever it may be. Right. So at the end of the day, um, it comes back to, I realize the fact that I'm just not that good and I need help, you know, <laughs> and I'll take it from just about anywhere I can get it. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they're believable, right. As long as they're producing right. out what you wish to produce. Right. Uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. So, so I guess I'm curious, do you see yourself? Cause I know the onesies, twosies, it satisfies that desire for like the now, now, now. Right. Um, do you see yourself as time progresses and you're doing more of these big projects, making that the kind of primary thing that you do? Or do you see yourself still kind of being involved in residential resale, like, you know, prospecting, expired for sale by owners, past clients, things of that nature? Um, I think 10 years from now, I'll probably be out of it. Um, but, you know, at, after 10 years, um, my goal is to have acquired about 10,000 units between uh, new, uh, new developments and uh, existing purchases. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I've been doing this now for almost 15 years, which is unbelievable. I mean, geez Louise, can you believe that? How long have you been doing this now? I know. <laughs> but, uh, 
you know, you build up a, you build up a good following, you know, and it's literally just relationship building. And if you remember what we talked about, I've, I've never found a deal that came outside of my prospecting. So why would I stop? I love that, man. I wish I could like just capsule that up and like inject that into people's brains. It's like, dude, everything that I want in my life, any uh, kind of goal and objective that I want for myself and my family are directly tied to that activity Mm -hmm. and skill of that, you know, that's involved in exercising that activity. Totally. Well, think about it like this, bro. You're invited to my wedding. I got that lady from prospecting. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. she's my coi was she really yeah that's so awesome man look at that so <laughs> so everything that's valuable right uh yeah. and that being the most valuable right that uh you've acquired in your life and in this business is directly tied to that activity and it's helped you to segue into these monster you know kind of multi-family projects uh right. that are really going to create generational wealth for yourself and your family Right, which is so cool. I mean, it, I was talking to uh, one of my guys the other day just about how cool it is to build something, right? You build something and you can't, it can never be taken from you, you know? The money can all go, you know, the stuff can all go, but that experience of that process of building something like that can never be taken you know and i think that's the most amazing part you know is that process can never be taken which means you can replicate it you can which do means it you again. can replicate it that's exactly right so it's so interesting you say that because um i two images popped into my head one is like uh if if we were like I don't know ten years old and we were like on the sand lot and shit, like Eric would come up to me and be like, "What's up, bro? We're gonna build a castle right now. Let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, "I don't know. I got something." He's like, "No, no, no. Right now, right now. We're building the castle right now." Um, and so that that popped into my head. The other thing that popped into my head is this idea, like what you just shared, because you know with what's going on at the moment. Um, and you know, I coach like, I don't know, 38 agents throughout the country and I give talks to real estate companies. And, um, what I'm aware of is, you know, I, I'm sensing from people like a little uncertainty and what uncertainty breeds is fear. And what I shared with somebody the other day is that consistency creates certainty. Yeah. (laughs) So like, right. Like consistency creates certainty. Yeah. And by you consistently, you know, um, like you said, like consistently, let's say spending tens of thousands of hours practicing a craft, nobody can take that shit from me. Right. It's mine. Right. Unless something yeah. happens to where I physically, like I'm not able to use my brain in some capacity, I own that. Right. Somebody can't take away from me my perseverance. Somebody can't take away from me my work ethic. Like those are things that I possess. And by consistently sticking to my rituals, I create certainty and if I can be certain when other people are uncertain around me, then uh, we can accomplish something pretty, pretty exciting. Pretty amazing. And I think, you know, too, is that, you know, those are uncertain times. Those are when that guy excels. I've, 100%. Never, made, I've never made more money than 2009, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, that's never. exactly right. 
I, I share with people, I'm like, listen, man, because uh, me and you got in the game around the same time is like, I didn't know any better. I didn't know any different. And between 2008 and 2012, I went from zero transactions to 100. Yeah. In the <laughs> I grew market in, in history. History. Everybody, and much worse than any kind of uncertainty that we're experiencing right now. And everybody's telling me the sky's falling and it's terrible. And I'm just here like banging away, just making calls, going on appointments, learning my craft, like, right? Let it fall. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And and what's what, what I found very interesting is I saw this statistic uh, when I was also at a Tony Robbins event with Business Mastery. He said that if you look at like um, companies, large 500, Fortune 500 companies on the stock exchange, you go back like 150 years, yep. there's, only, there's only a handful that are still around. Right. But you know what was fascinating is of those handful that are still still around, all of them were started during a very difficult economic time of uncertainty. Yeah, no any different. Because what that tells you is like they just a they didn't know any different, but b they had to like they had to bootstrap it. They had to they had to get in there, grind it out. They had to right. <laughs> Absolutely, we're grinding, baby. <laughs> yeah, sound like sound fundamental. Yeah business like strategy sound financial strategy right of which nobody so, can ever take nobody can ever take brother well they can take the market right which I, hey take it see you later it'll cut about half of our agents out of it we'll just make our lives a whole heck of a lot easier sorry for all you that are going to be going down but listen, <laughs> at the end of the day nobody can take what you learn so if you go out there and you play the game just to play the game and not for the return of what you get. Nobody can ever take it, and the market doesn't matter. That's exactly right. And and what what that what comes up for me is this: is uh, I read a book, uh, "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. I don't know if you read that book. A couple of times. Oh man, it's so good. I'm listening to it for a second time now. And one of the stories that came out of that for me was um, there was this general and like uh, in Greece, and he was saying like if you go into battle. There's like a hundred soldiers, like 90 of them shouldn't be there. Right. Like they don't belong. They're like the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. Like they shouldn't yeah. even be there. Nine of them are soldiers. And we're glad they are, right? Because the battle rises and falls on the soldiers. But one of them is a warrior. Yes, and the sir. warrior is the one that makes sure that everybody comes back. That's right. <laughs> Right. So the story that me and you tell ourselves is that like we're the warrior, man. So something stuff stuff can be falling out around us, but it's like, listen, I I get certainty out of consistency. I get certainty out of knowing, right? Not imagining, not reading in a book, but knowing mm -hmm. that if I execute on these skills and abilities that I have and I follow my disciplines, that you know, I'm gonna come out completely on top. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that can be that can be that anybody can get that anybody yeah there's no like there's no like uh, vip room for that you don't need like a certain amount of money to get access to it it's like it's available to anybody but the the deal is is you have to be willing which circles back and this is an awesome thing like circling back to the beginning of our conversation it's like dude you can have anything you want in life but you can't have everything that's right i gotta be willing to put in the time i gotta be willing to put in the countless hours of kind of time, energy, effort, blood, sweat, tears, like all that mm -hmm. to acquire enough experience, 15, 20,000 hours of experience that, you know, I can do this day in and day out all day, every day, no problem. Simple, not easy. The price had to be paid and that was discipline. That's it.
I love it, brother. Well, hey, man, listen, I so appreciate you. That's such a good way to end this uh, podcast episode. I am super appreciative of you taking the time, brother. I know your time is very, very valuable. And uh, I appreciate you as a human. I appreciate you as a friend. And uh, I know people are going to get a lot out of this call, man. So thanks so much. I forget everybody was out there, though. Just me and you talking. I appreciate you, brother. Awesome, bro. Yeah, and I look forward to it, man. I'm going to do my best to get out there to see you for your special day, okay? All right, man. Love you. Love you too, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.